the criteria Latifi needs to do to get re-signed. Not get last. <laughs> oh, Spa's back. And lights out and away we go. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton is halfway to space. <laughs> Personally yeah. go IndyCar over Williams. Yeah, space. <laughs> Grosjean Zoo. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu Zhou. No, Zhou Guan Yu. I said that the first time. George was already sitting in that seat. Look, I don't agree with it, but you've asked a question. I'm trying to find a way to justify it. I'm just trying to absolutely tear your answer apart. G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko. With me this afternoon is Andy and we are previewing the Monaco slash Monte Carlo Grand Prix. How are you, bro? I'm excited. Oh, let's hope there's a race this weekend. Last weekend was hard. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was unfortunate, but it was hard. But to F1's credit, they uploaded a bunch of classic races to their YouTube channel. I noticed that. I had a bunch pop up in my recommended. I think I saw some from like 2008. Like good races too. Back when the cars sounded fucking mental. Well, they had the 05 Imola Grand Prix which was the San Marino Grand Prix back then. They put up the 08 Monaco race, which was really good because guess what it did throughout the whole race? It rained and they <laughs> raced. Love to see it. So it, it proves that racing in the rain is okay at Monaco. I mean, yeah, everyone's going, what, 40Ks an hour at some bits? Yeah, it's, it's completely fine to race. So let them race. It is... Always an interesting time of year when Monaco comes around. I want to say it's probably the most divisive Grand Prix of the year. There are either two camps. You're either a Monaco hater, you think it's a glorified parade, or you're on the other side where you go, you know what, Monaco is the history of F1 and it's a celebration of the sport in a weekend, even though it's a pretty crap race. I used to be part of the former camp. I... Early, you go back and listen to early episodes, I will talk about how it's boring, they need to do something crazy with it, like it's it has no point. And then we got to last year where I actually watched the whole broadcast and it finally made sense. So now I'm a person who goes, you know what? Monaco is a celebration of the sport that we love. While it's not the best racing, it can still be absolutely off the walls crazy and it deserves its spot. No, I agree, and I think I'm in the same camp as you. I was, you know, a bit iffy prior to last year's race, and then last year's race happened, and now I'm like, damn, I can't wait for Monaco this weekend. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm genuinely excited for the first time in a long time for Monaco. It's it's fantastic. So, one, a lot of the teams do special liveries. We've seen, what, McLaren's yep. come out today? Yeah, they're doing like a... It's like a throwback to like the 80s when they had the Malboro sponsorship and everyone's like, oh, look, cigarette sponsorships back in Formula One. And it looks way better than the, the re- normal McLaren livery. I mean, way better. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of it. McLaren always does good liveries, though. Like, they're very rarely ever a bad-looking McLaren. So I love it. We do, before we get into the Grand Prix, there is some... Massive news that has happened over the last few days in the sport. So, which one? You, which one you want to start with? Let's start with the big one. Run us through what Sir Lewis Hamilton is thinking. Ferrari have tabled him a seventy-five million dollar a season contract, and he's thinking about yeah. taking it. In fact, 
Channel 9 News, their website is saying that Hamilton's looking like he's going to take it. And Ferrari has said they'll drop either driver if they can get a chance at Lewis Hamilton. I mean, did you expect this at all? No, not no. Lewis Hamilton was, has been a Mercedes driver since he came into Formula 1. At McLaren, he was a Mercedes driver. Mercedes came in as a factory team. He still raced at Mercedes, uh, still raced at McLaren, and then dropped them for Mercedes. You know what I mean? Like, Lewis and Mercedes go to work together like a, a beer on a hot sun, summer day. You know what I mean? Like, it just works. I mean, we've never seen Mercedes in this sport without Lewis Hamilton. Like, they don't exist. No, I agree. Like, would you? I don't know. I, would you? you? My, my biggest question, I think the question on everyone's lip is, would you leave Mercedes for Ferrari? <laughs> That's like going from one dumpster fire to another. But it's a the dumpster fire you're in now has the ability to improve. We've seen their track record. Ferrari, their dumpster fire has been burning for about, what, 15 years? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a hard decision because Ferrari obviously have that, that reputation in the sport. Like, you think of Ferrari back in the day, they were always winning. They were the champions for, like, six years because it was only when Michael was there that they did well. Um, and then prior to that, like, they had the, the glory days when Prost was there and all that. But I think with where Lewis is, is in his career, Lewis is probably better off staying at Mercedes because Mercedes have already said, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're making changes. We want to improve this car. They were bringing changes last weekend that was going to dramatically change the car. And they're still running them this weekend, apparently. So I think it's a wait and see for Lewis, but if these upgrades aren't in the direction Lewis likes, it's it's a good chance he might jump to Ferrari. Yes, because this is a because at least supposed to be side pod weekend, allegedly, right? Yeah, we're meant to see some form of a side pod for the Mercedes this weekend. Yeah, I look, I understand why these stories are breaking because it, anyone who's looking at the sport, even cursory, knows that Mercedes isn't, isn't happy at the moment and that Lewis isn't happy. All the talks about him going to Ferrari. The next question I want to throw your way in relation to this is, do you see him signing with a different team apart from Mercedes? Uh, not Mercedes, Ferrari. No. The only other team he'd sign with is Red Bull, and I don't think Max would allow that. There's not another team with the pedigree to prove what he can do. I guess the only one in with a shout is Aston Martin, and they're our next big news story tonight. Is Aston Martin an option at all? No. Okay. No. If Not unless he drops his son. Yes. Which, for Lewis Hamilton, would you crush your son's dreams? I would crush my son's dreams if my son was Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah. For literally anyone else. <laughs> you, you know what? Yeah. And you know. You could tell me. That Jack Smith, actually, no, you can't tell me that because I couldn't do that either. 
you know, Macaulay Jones could have a, a super license. I'd probably take Macaulay Jones over Lance Stroll. I mean, I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say any super license qualified driver I would take over Lance Stroll, except for one, and he's Russian. I don't think he still has it anymore. Probably not. I, I guess we never followed up what the repercussions were on Mazepin, but that is beside the point. So it's it's Mercedes, Ferrari, or bust for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, because there's no way he's getting into that Red Bull. Yeah. All right. Max, Max will just say no. Now, you're in charge of Ferrari. Who are you dropping? Yep. It depends on the conversation I have with Charles. Elaborate, man, because that's what I... Okay, think. before before Lewis puts pen to paper, I sit down with Charles. I'm like, we've just tabled an offer to Lewis Hamilton. If he signs it, you will be the number two driver. Are you okay with that? If he says yes, I drop Carlos. If he says no, I drop Charles. Yep, that's exactly... Because Charles, Charles will be more of a problem if he's a number two driver and he's not happy with and it. If he's happy to work with Lewis and be the number two driver, keep Charles because you've invested a lot in him. If not, see you, Charles. Carlos is the way to go because he's a good number two driver, all things considered. Yep. And look, I agree 100%. That is the swing point on this. Will one of these apex competitors subvert themselves for the other one? You're not buying Lewis Hamilton to not win a world championship. So that's not up for discussion. No. The question is, is Charles going to be able to take that role? I personally don't think he will. If they sign Lewis, I think we'll see Charles jump ship of his own volition to be like, well, hold on. If they're buying him, that means my time here is done. Even though I've signed the longest Ferrari contract in history, I need to get a new seat. Carlos is the better wingman. We know that Lewis doesn't play very well with a competitive second driver. He doesn't really enjoy that challenge. Loves the challenge from the rest of the grid. Doesn't love it from the same car as he's in. No. Okay, so if the hypothetical comes true, Charles jumps ship, where does Charles go? Well, I guess Charles is another driver that you would happily drop whoever you have for unless you're Red Bull, right? So if I'm Haas, I'd be throwing money his way. If I'm McLaren, I'd be throwing money his way. If I am Williams, hell yeah, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Like, I know that Charles at Ferrari hasn't done what everyone has expected him to do. I still believe he is talented than 16 of the other drivers there. So, realistically, there's not a huge amount of space. I can't see him leaving this sport. I reckon it would... If this happens, it's going to be the craziest grid shake-up we'll ever see because there will be so much movement. And we haven't even got onto the thing that will happen with Red Bull, right? What happened with Red Bull? Well, nothing's officially happening there, but if Lewis goes, that leaves a spot open at Mercedes. True. And that's a very, very good seat to jump into. Yes, not this year, obviously, but new engine regs are coming up in, what, two years? 2026. Yep. So, four years. That's not that four crazy years. far away. They might just bang side pods on this car in the off-season and be back to competing. Would you see... Now, Max isn't going to go anywhere, 
but we've got Daniel Ricciardo who is actively looking for a competitive seat. Would Toto work with Danny? Would Danny work with Mercedes? Would Mercedes work with Charles? Yeah. Yeah. I am. You've got to think, if Charles is leaving Ferrari, he's going to want the most competitive seat possible. Yes. Does. And Toto is a fan. I know he's a fan, but everyone's a fan of Danny. I've just talked Charles up. The question is, has Charles proven that he is better than Danny when Danny's in a good car? I don't like the idea of Danny at the Mercedes. Say that again. I don't I don't like the idea of Danny at Mercedes. I don't think it's a good fit. All right. Yeah, I no, don't look, think Danny you do at Mercedes. Valid. Valid because this is all hypothetical. I still think it's eighty percent likely that Lewis Hamilton resigns with Mercedes. I still think that's the most common outcome of this discussion and these rumors. What if this tabled offer from Ferrari, which they're not denying, they haven't denied it yet, but if they do deny it, is just a way to get Lewis more money from Mercedes, like going after the bigger paycheck. Yeah. Just being like, oh, I know I'm, I'm nearly done. Let's just get as much money as I physically can. Well, what's he on now? $48 million a year? I think it I think it equates to like 48 million pounds a year, which is like 70-something million Australian. Yeah. Like he's on ridiculous money. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it is kind of like a let's see if I can get a one mega year contract out of him, like the, the last gasp of a of a my season and my career. Maybe if I can just bump that to 55 mil for one year, I can sail off into the breeze and never have to worry about money again. But I'd also like to say that he's already at that point with his money. Exactly. I was going to say, like, fucking, he has more money than I'll ever see in my life. Yeah. He earns more money than we'll ever see in our lives each race, bro. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's what? How many races? 24. Ish. Supposed to be. It's going to be 22. 22 this year yep. now. 22. 22 this so year. I'm not good at math, but 48 million divided by 22, that's millions of dollars a weekend. Yeah. And he gets paid weekly. So That's even know. crazier. Plus, all, plus his fucking sponsorship deals and all that other bullshit that he does. And just being like a legend of a bloke. Hey, let's leave the Lewis Hamilton chat there because this is going to be done to death over the next few weeks. And we'll come back to it when we have a little bit more clarity. Let's move on to the next big news item. Fernando's not happy. Ooh. I mean, for those who aren't aware... GP2 engines. For those who aren't aware, Aston Martin has announced that they will be buying the Red Bull powertrains. Is it next year? No. You've got it wrong yet again. Classic me. What they are doing is they're partnering with Honda from 2026. Now, the IP that Honda sold Red Bull is not available to them because they sold it to Red Bull, which was partnered, which now is partnering with Ford. So Ford's going to continue the the Red Bull-Honda relationship in a way because they're, they're the ones with that good engine IP. Honda now has to develop a whole new engine and uh, put that in an Aston Martin. So remember the last time Fernando was with a Honda developing engine. GP2. Engine. GP2 GP2 engine. GP2 engine. Can 
look, Fernando is incredible. We love we love him at the show. I think he's one of the most loved sportsmen of the year. Can that man catch a fucking break for more than two weeks? <laughs> like genuinely. Well, technically, he's what he's signed for this year, next year, and the twenty twenty five is an option. Yeah. Yes. He just moves on at twenty twenty six. He just fucks off from Aston. Now let's link these two stories together. Do you see Fernando in the Mercedes? <laughs> I think Fernando would go to Mercedes. I can see it too. I like it. I can see George getting punched in the face. <laughs> I mean, I see so that do it. every time I close my eyes and imagine a perfect world. But let's not get into it. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of interesting because they're with Mercedes now, aren't they? Yes. Mercedes engines. Yep. They do have a weaker engine compared to some of the other years we've seen them in. The Ferrari engine mm-hmm. has an insane amount of power. We saw Charles set pole recently in both the sprint and the qualifying. The Red Bull is the most dominant engine at the moment with these new aero regs. I understand why they're looking. Lawrence Stroll is the kind of man who goes, oh, problem, here's billions. Let's fix it. Also, you're you're in a better position if you're the works team and Aston will become the works team for Honda. You know what I mean? Like, you can control how Honda developed that engine in a way because it needs to work with your body because you're the, the, you're the team. You know what I mean? It's why it's shocking that Renault isn't better because Renault is the works team or Alpine's the works team, but their car sucks. You know I, I mean? know exactly what you mean, and I do. I like the idea of it because I guess the goal for Aston Martin, which when they began, and we're going way back now, when they began, when it was Force India, then to Racing Point, is that team always had a dream of being one of like the big four, essentially, right? Being a yeah. engine manufacturing factory unit is a key category to hit that height because F one is a sport that is. Very, very full of alleged cheating over the years. And it's not a crazy thing to go, well, hold on. Is our engine supplier taking three horsepower out somewhere just so we don't beat them? It's not a massive leap of the imagination to think that. No, it's not. It's just funny that uh, Aston still beat Mercedes this year when Aston's (laughs) Aston Look. I hope it works well. I do. I w- Our dream is to have this sport with 20 competitive drivers every weekend, with 10 of them being a good shot to win. I think this is a step in the right direction for the sport as a whole, and it also lets other teams have more choice with who they pick for their engine supplies. So, you know, you don't have to look at Renault, who's clearly making a dog shit engine. You don't have to look at... Yeah. Red Bull, Ford, who are very, very protective and probably don't want to give it to too many people except for Alpha Tauri. Then you've got, you know, it's choice is good. It brings competition mm-hmm. as long as it works. They might put this in and Fernando might be like, yeah, this is why I left the sport in the first place because they always do this. The next follow-up to that yep. point is every time Honda wins, they quit. So if it's a good engine, how many years before Honda pulls out again, Andy? Ah, uh, 2027. It's already too expensive. Yep. yep. They've already signed the contract of when they're ending. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got 
2025 is such a bad year for them that they, they have to pull the pin again. Yeah. yeah. Have you got any other news stories? Because those are the big two, right? Well, there's one more that's coming out of Fianza, and that's Nick DeVries has been told he has three races to save his F1 career. Three races already? Yeah, and the first one was last weekend. To be fair, that was his best race apparently, in the year. So apparently, Helmet Marco isn't impressed with Nick at all. Okay. And Daniel Ricciardo has just had a seat fitting at AlphaTauri. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit more to this than just Helmet saying shit in front of a camera. Yeah, so basically, Danny's not the person to go there, but the idea of the seat fitting is because Danny, when he's on site, is both the reserve driver for Red Bull and AlphaTauri. So he needs a seat fitting. But if he's gonna, if they're going to replace Nick DeVries, Liam Lawson's the... The correct choice. Not not Yes, Danny. no. Like, Danny doesn't need to go back into the junior development team at all. He can no. wait for a position or he can just be a media personality for the rest of his career. I'd love to see him in a seat. I like the idea of Liam Lawson. He deserves a shot. And he's a Kiwi, isn't he? He just... Pardon? Liam's a Kiwi, too. Yeah, he's a Kiwi. And also, Liam's just won like his first race in Super Formula as well. Like he, He's producing results where Nick isn't. I know it's two different, two different styles of cars, but results are results, and that's what Red Bull likes. Oh, look, you know you're I mean? not like, wrong. I agree with that. Re- like, it is the results that matter in everything. Nick has the pedigree to produce results. I'm also... The counterpoint I want to kind of make to where we're thinking is Yuki Tsunoda in that first year was horrific. Yuki Tsunoda in the second year was pretty damn bad. This year, he's been okay. So there is that time spent factor that I think should. And I would say the fact that Nick has won a world championship, even if it's in Formula E, gives him the right to go, no, give me two years to just get my feet sorted. Like, He's not this young junior who hasn't proven anything. He's not getting the results now, but he has got the results previously. Yeah, completely different sport. If anyone deserves two years to just figure it out, surely that world championship's got to mean something in F1. Yeah, but if you give him two years to figure it out, he's 30. It's just, I think time may have caught up with Nick DeVries and it's really... Weird to say that when he's 28, but he's 28 in his first full season of Formula One, and he's making some pretty stupid errors, like some really stupid errors. Yeah, you know what, that age thing, that does actually mean a lot. It's going to come. Because I do have this perception of him in my head that he's only like 23 years old. He's not. He's 28. Like, it's, it's not something that... AlphaTauri normally goes for. Um, but no, Nick, he's he's making a lot of stupid errors. He's 28 years old. It's not the sort of driver AlphaTauri would go to to begin with when you think about it. He got lucky because he had a race at Monza in a car that had no downforce. Yeah, and that was a freak put-together race too. A bit, you know, it wasn't... We all fell for it, and I fell for it too. Mm. But no, you know what, man? I do 
the more you keep saying, the more I agree with where you're thinking about this and how you're looking at it. So, you know what, despite what I've said earlier, maybe the three races is a pretty fair offer. It is. And I think if he scores a point or two, he survives. But if he continues to make the stupid errors that he does, and it's not like he's coming up at a tracks he hasn't raced at before either. Barcelona and uh, fucking Monaco are both tracks he would have raced in F2 and F Formula yep. E. No, quite a bit. Speaking of which, yes. Speaking of which, how many passes were in the Monaco Formula E pre this year? Because I know this number. Okay. How many passes do you think? So happened? I'm going to have two guesses. I'll give you two guesses. It's either zero or it's. 29. 116. Does that include pit? No, they don't pit, do they? No, they don't. Wow. There was 116 passes in the E-Pre this year. That's awesome. That means you can pass at Monaco. I know what I'm watching after we finish recording today because I need to see that. I I do have a soft spot for, is it Adrian Adarge or Adrian Agard? the guy who owns that and Extreme E, I do like what his vision is with what he brings to sport. That's awesome. Yeah, I seen it on uh, Twitter not too long ago. And I was like, damn, I'm going to save that for the Monaco preview because it proves you can pass around a track that has no room to pass on. And they're big cars and it's a and new br- body type they're doing this year. It's like their Gen 3 car or something. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be... I really hope that there is a way to have um, passing this year for the Formula 1 because Monaco's a great, great track. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm just, I'm just get, I'm Googling it right now just to make sure I am correct with that. Can you riff? Yeah, of course. Look, speaking of Monaco, and we will talk a little bit more about the E-Pre too. Let's, let's begin the preview section of our show. We can leave the news behind us now. Monaco's this weekend, it was first race in 1950, which I believe was the very first year of the sport. So it's been there from day one. It's 3.337 kilometers, which means that doesn't qualify as a length for a tier one track, but we've kept it on there because it's there. It's a 260 kilometer race, and the lap record was set in 2018 by Max Verstappen at a 1 minute 14 0.260. So it, it's it's a crazy circuit. Like I just want to go through some historical facts about this place because it blows my mind every year when we come up to it. Off the F1 website, they have the classic when was the track built? Their answer is literally in 1215 sort of. <laughs> because it's a street circuit. It's it's the streets of Monaco and that's when Monaco was founded as a city and those streets haven't changed much since Early, early days. We're talking what? Nearly a thousand, over nearly a thousand years ago, right? That's mental. It's a... Mental. It's a very, very difficult track to race around. So, these cars are massive. They're the size of an SUV. They're just a lot squatter. Uh, There's no actual straight piece of road really to be found anywhere. I mean, you have little bits, but I couldn't justifiably call that a straight part of the track. So, you know, the starting grid 
is on a curve, which goes into a kink to turn one. Then you race up the crazy hill all the way through the city streets. Massive sweeping left at three, a hook right at four. Gets very interesting around six and seven because turn six, which is the hairpin roundabout thing, also my worst nightmare on any F1 game ever. What, the lowest hairpin? Yes. They take it at 40 kilometers an hour. (laughs) It's crazy. You know they have to have a special steering rack for Monaco because of that corner? Yeah, because they don't normally turn the wheels that far at any other point during the year. Exactly. It's crazy what little changes they have to do for this specific track. Then they go through a tunnel, which you can't see the end of because of the glare. So you're driving blind through a tunnel. Back in the day when the cars had real engines in them, it sounded horrifying in a good way, but genuinely sounded like a demon was screaming up a tunnel. Straight out of the tunnel, you've got an incredible little technical left, right, then a bit more right. The reason I'm not giving like definite angles of these corners is they all kind of blend into one mess throughout the track. Then you go up the, I guess, the quickest part of the track, which is between 11 and 12. It seems to be the straightest straight bit of road. Swing left yep. into the technical section three, which is, you know, the meme of cutting away to land stroll because they're bumping over the bumps or whatever that shit is. Crack through 18, 19, and then you do it all again. And there's no runoff. It's all wall. Mick, Sh- Mick Schumacher showed us how many runoffs there were. Oh, zero. <laughs> also, just to prove you right, I'm showing Jack that there was 116 passes at Monaco That's this year. Un- f- genuinely unbelievable. I thought I was being... I thought you were going to go, what, 29, you idiot? Now there was 16. How good's that? No, 100 more. Yeah, 116. It's crazy that that happened at Monaco. In a in a race that sounds like a basketball court. Yeah, the sound the sounds rough. I'm not gonna lie. That's why I like extreming because they're on dust. You can't hear the tires <laughs> screech the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I hope you can tell by how excited we are talking about this track that we are recent Monaco converts. Watch mm-hmm. as much of the broadcast as you can. Speaking of the broadcast. You you brought up the Lance Stroll meme. Yes, yeah? yes, I did. Have you seen? I think it was two thousand and two, the original Lance Stroll moment. No, I haven't. But it did pop up online, being like, "Oh, you thought a couple of years ago was bad? Check this one out." So, what happened? Rubens Barrichello is doing his qualifying lap. It's like fifteen minutes to go, and he's turning into the tunnel. Yep. Around Portier, they hard cut to a chick on a boat with a thong up her ass, just looking out over the ocean. That's what the camera that's what the camera pans to, and then it's quickly cut back to Rubens Barrichello going through the tunnel. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm not, not okay with it. it um, but that was, the, that was the original Lance Stroll moment. That's heaps better than the actual Lance Stroll moment. At least we've got to see something fucking good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. I know this is supposed to be a professional broadcast, but come on. Hey, let's talk about some other favorite Monaco moments. My one I want to highlight, the one that I always watch on replay, is when Kimi Raikkonen crash, and instead of going back to the pit box, the camera cuts to him walking onto a yacht, taking his race suit off, sitting down and having a beer. 
Classic Kimmy. I mean, is there a better man that has ever raced in this sport than Kimmy? No, no one could ever. Uh, maybe James Hunt. Oh, yeah, when he would smoke durries on the side of his car. Yeah, that was pretty loose, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a crazy... And plow slappers in the pit. That mate. was a crazy error of the sport where you were watching these absolute gods in cars sit there. Or, you know, when there was a crash and the race was over, they'd sit on the side of the car and drive them back to the pits. Like, can you imagine that today? Yeah, it happened, it happened in 2017. What? Yeah, bloody Seb crashed. Dickhead crashed into Seb at the end of the Malaysian Grand Prix, and he caught a ride back sitting on the side pod of uh, one of the Sauber's. Bro, he got fined last year for waving on a moped. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, sitting on the side pod of a Sauber going, you know, like it's on a cool down lap, giving him a ride back to the pits because his car got fucked up by Lance Stroll oh. after the race. Look. Maybe maybe it's because we're getting old, Andy, but I'm bring it back. Bring it back. Have you heard who Audi's number one target is for the 2026 debut? No, not at all. Seb Battle. Where? Yeah, I mean, yes, please. Continue the Michael career trajectory. Come back in two years and race for Audi. Yeah, Michael did it. He let he left Ferrari. And he came back two years later and drove for a German team. Seb's just left Aston, comes back in two years and drives for a German team. History writes itself. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Him and Valtteri. Let's do it. Oh, dude, him and Valtteri together would be awesome. It'd be such a lovely team. Have they announced who they were thinking for team principal or anything like that? Have they discussed organizational things? Yeah. Yeah, Seidel. They've already brought him in. Oh, yeah, we actually spoke about that live, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> it's been a long week, man. <laughs> I know it's Wednesday. It's been a long week. That's fair. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of the teams. Who's doing what? What I think will happen or what is going to happen? What would you prefer? Let's go with what you think will happen first and then we can deflate the excitement towards the end. Qualifying, Q3, Fernando is going to put on an absolute blinder, get to pole position, and then he's going to be like, I know how I win this race. And he's going to put it in the inside up Sandovot and he's just going to train it all the way to the finish. Yep. Yep. Look, my heart wants it so bad. If there is a race where Fernando can kind of ambush the grid and know was like, well, passing's going to be difficult. And we've just spent, what, 10 minutes talking about how cool it would be to see passing. It would be a lot cooler to watch Fernando win this year and see passing next year. I'm throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be... Fernando gets on pole, leads 72 laps. I'm not a mat. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be enjoying every moment of it. And then I will watch the podium celebration because oh. that man is going to go off. Oh, just please, please, let it happen. Just do it. Don't let the... Please, Charles, do yourself a favor. Let Fernando get pole and crash out in Q3. We all know what's going to happen. We all know Charles is coming last. Let's, let's have that chat. So let's do... It's Monaco. It has so much history, and it also has a history of Charles just having his confidence and just race destroyed. So 
Give me a Charles prediction for this weekend. Doesn't even start the race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Same reason as last year. Oh, the last time it happened, he crashed the car in qualifying. All right. Yeah. And the car's not good. And Ferrari can't put it back together properly. Because it always happens. Like, it was Sergio last year. Yeah. Crashing Q3. I just I just think it's going to be Charles. Well, I showed you the photo. Yes. Of Charles in the soccer <laughs> match. That was in Monaco. Yeah, if anyone does, hasn't seen it yet, look at some of the memes that have come out of Charles playing in a soccer match. He face plants at one point, and uh, the internet has done what it does best with it. Very funny. Very funny. I don't think Charles will win. I think... I don't think Charles will win. I think he'll qualify on the front row, not pole. He could get pole. I definitely see a front row qualification. I I think he's going to get taken out this year. That's what I think. I think someone's going to clip him. <laughs> That's my prediction. Is he near Lance? Who do I think will clip him? Yeah, who do you think is going to clip him? Is he near Lance? Because oh, Lance oh, will do Lance. it. Look, here's the thing. If if anyone is between Fernando and Lance, they're getting clipped because you know, you know homeboy from Canada is going to be lying to clip Fernando. Oh, absolutely. He's done it more races than not this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird, it's a real weird stat to have where it's like, Oh, no, he's finished most races, but he's crashing every single one of them, but only into his teammate. And it's not it's not a, d- a bad crash nine times out of ten. Because they've all been able... They've been able to finish both cars throughout the whole season, except for the oh, one yeah, where... Oh, yeah, because Carlos is there. Carlos is always good for crash as well. He could, anything could happen there. Really could. Oh, they've announced who's on the cover for F1 Manager 23, too. Is it Max? No, it's the, the manager oh, game. The manager game. They've got they've got three cover stars this year. Do you want to take a guess who it is? I'm sorry to go off topic, but this is kind of great. Okay, please tell me good who, who is, is there with that headphone photo. Just put that on the cover. You know the one, the it's, real low res one. I know what it is. It's good to He's on the. <laughs> 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 oh no, the dragons. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's... I mean, he deserves it. He's the best... It's Toto, Christian, and Gunther. Look, fuck Toto and Christian. Just kiss so my prediction can be correct for once. God damn it, please. Gunther. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He should be the special edition cover. (laughs) I know, right? Oh, Haas. They're looking a bit racy. What do you reckon? I reckon they could be, if both get through to Q3, there's double points yep. easily for this yep. weekend. I'm, I'm going to side with that. I mean, that. Magnuson put it on fourth at fucking Miami. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's pace in that car. Especially on fiddly tracks like this. Exactly. Like, and all it's going to take is Charles to do a Charles and put it out in Q3. After everyone's done, you know, like a sighting lap. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about Mercedes this weekend? I don't think the upgrade's going to do anything for Mercedes. They're just going to be there. Yet. Fifth, sixth. It's like 
that that's basically the best they're probably going to do. If the if the upgrades are pretty good and they get a clear track, they could move up to fourth. You know what I mean? It's it, it that is a possibility. They could even win it. But we don't know how the upgrades are going to go. I don't think they're going to do what everyone's saying. There's a good chance that Mercedes still plot along at fifth and sixth and Woody beats Lewis again. Yeah, look, it's not crazy to have that thought. And these upgrades, while you will never know if upgrades are effective if you first race them at Monaco, because Monaco is unique. So I'm with you. I don't think these upgrades will do anything at this track. I don't think that's their purpose this weekend either. I think this is to show their drivers that, hey, we are making improvements. There is a path forward. I don't think we're going to see them until Spain, where they go, oh, now we're going to be fighting for a podium comfortably. So, yep, same viewpoint on you with there. McLaren, anything? No. They have a nice-looking car, but that's about it. No, (laughs) same here. We're agreeing a lot this episode, Andy. Red Bull. Let's talk about the big boy. Yeah, like there's nothing to talk about really. They're just going to be at the front. Yeah, and if they get, if they get clear track, they're just going to run away with it again. Like, no no cars touching that Red Bull anytime soon. Yep. <laughs> just, just we're at that point of the year where it's like, yeah, so we're just going to keep seeing the same thing until mid season break, unless something crazy happens on track, in which case the other Red Bull will win. Not necessarily. What if it's a a Danny Max situation from Azerbaijan a few years ago and they crash into each other. They won't. Christian might have a meltdown. I mean, look, you're right. Okay, if that was to happen, all hell would break loose. Both drivers, we've watched them race each other in Miami and Azerbaijan. They race each other incredibly fairly with space. I think they both have in their mind that while I want to beat my teammate, I also don't want to jeopardize anything to do with my own season's trajectory. So... It could only be from a lockup or a brake failure or an oil slick. It'd have to be something to cause it because we've watched them go side by side this year and it's been fine. Yeah, I know. I can hope, though. Williams, probably down near the back. Back of the pack. Yep. Alpha Tauri. Yeah. We saw Pierre go on a near bender with it th- last year. What was that? The Alpha Tauri. Yep. We saw Pierre last year in it go on an absolute belter from the back of the grid. He made four passes on the first lap. Yeah, but that's because he had the inters on. Like he just had he just went on to inters first. That's why he was making the passes. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the car. Okay, fair, fair. Because my only counterpoint to whatever you're gonna say is because the car's just as shit as last year as it is this year. But if it's simply yeah. a tire pace thing, then yeah, I've got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing to say about Alpha Terry. They just need to fix the car, and it's not happening anytime soon. And as for Alpha Romeo, it's like, fuck, that, that team's so up and down, it's not funny this year. Yeah. It looks like it should be quicker, and it's not. Like, And it's such a good-looking car, looks too. Sad. I'm so... I think that's my biggest letdown of the season so far, is watching all this buzz and hype build around this Alpha Romeo outfit and having two very likable drivers. Like, I've got nothing bad to say about mm. Valtteri. I can't really say much about Joe either. I'm a fan. And it's such a good livery, red and black. But yeah, just, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's just a shame. Have we forgotten any team? Or have we spoken about all of them for the first time? No, we missed one. 
It's not Williams. It's Alpine. No. Well, do you, hey, remember when we were recording this last year? I can't believe I remember this. That the French government always plays silly buggers with the, the public transport in and out of Monaco. <laughs> so what I'm saying is... I wonder if they're doing that this year. What I'm saying is... Tuscan Raiders not going to let the French cars do well. I think we're going to see a little bit of a interstate rivalry here. I actually don't think that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They're the wild card this weekend. Well, they're gonna fly, they've got to fly into France to get to Monaco. <laughs> yeah. So you're still gonna you're still gonna get through France to get to Monaco, and France doesn't have a Grand Prix this year. So what we're saying is this race ain't going to happen until it starts. Well, no, the drivers will be there. It's just that the rest of it won't be. A Monaco foot race Cars for ten laps it. would be fucking unreal. <laughs> would that would be unreal? It would be. Yeah. Look. <sighs> Talking seriously about Alpine for a second, I think they have absolutely everything they need to do well at any given weekend. The, the, the talent of their lead driver, the possibility of their second driver, and the car itself <laughs> are all functioning as they should be. It just, they're so random with when they perform or not. I have no clue. They're so hard to tip. I agree, like... Alpine could be really good or they could both be at the back of the yep. grid. I'm going to say... You know what I mean? And I'm going to go bold with a prediction. I think they're going to have another points finishing weekend. Double. Single or double? Double. Fair enough. I think that's all the teams. That is all the teams. And do you have anything else you want to add? No. There's, no. there's nothing else really to talk about. Like Maybe Danny will be there, which would be nice. There's not really much to talk about, is there? Like it has, it's been a pretty quiet week with, you know, Imola being cancelled. Yeah, and again, we don't know. We didn't check. We couldn't check if anyone donated. But if you did donate through the links, thank you. That's a massive thing to do for a group of people half the world away from us. Mm-hmm. Also, thank you to the person who reached out to us on Formula One Twitter to talk to us about footy. We loved hearing from you. If you're listening to this... It was NBA. We also have he a... Talk, he reached out about the NBA. Yeah. yeah the, oh, it was the NBA, was it? It was the NBA. You didn't read the tweet, did I you? I read it. I was just so excited. I sent it to like five other people. I was like, look, look, I'm... Andy's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about basketball. Neither does Josh. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, look, I think we'll leave it there. Bring on Monaco. We're both very, very excited. I will do the socials. I will remember. You can follow us on any social media platform you like. We're at Bums on the Bench. Fuck. <laughs> well, we are. That's the first this one. This is the first flub. That's the first one. This is the first one. <laughs> We're at Formula Bums on everything except for Twitter, which is uh, Bums Formula. We also yep. have a sports show called Bums on the Bench. That Twitter's as it's called. Follow us, reach out to us. It was so sick having a fan reach out and and say, I actually disagree with what you say. Would much prefer to hear someone just tell us how good we are, but, you know, we'll take what we get at this point. Pretty much. Uh, And thank you for listening, guys. We will be back next week to talk about Monaco. Sweet. Talk to you then.